This is Morgan Michael, welcoming you to Kindsight 101, the podcast, where you'll hear from world-renowned educational leaders about the mobilizing power of kindness, together by challenging our assumptions and venturing beyond the status quo in education, we can make a big impact, one small act at a time. This is the magic ratio you should employ to ensure success in your relationships at work, school, and home. When we think about the little people in our lives who are already faced with fighting larger battles than we will ever know, empathy and compassion kick in, urging us to be diligent with our word, lean in closer with our hearts, and to listen carefully with our ears. Even so, we find ourselves, especially as parents, employers, teachers, and educators, having to give feedback on a regular basis about behavior, performance, and effort. I've always struggled with this. How do we hold space for and build up children and individuals who struggle with their identities, their home lives, their mental health, while upholding our responsibilities as educators to hold them to high expectations? I remember a particularly challenging student I'd had who must have experienced nothing but negative interactions throughout his day. He would literally arrive at school buzzing, and he had such a difficult time settling into any kind of routine. He was disruptive. He struggled academically. He could be very rude. He had a soft heart with rock-hard armor, and he would launch into fight mode so as to preemptively ward off perceived threats at the drop of a hat. The cumulative daily burden of the chastising by his parents and family, thwarted peer-to-peer connections, and the negative comments coming from teachers and principals must have been a heavy load to bear by the time this boy went to sleep at night. It often weighed heavily on me that I could be contributing to his negative self-concept with my own demands on his behavior. I couldn't help but think about the compounding negative effects of his mostly negative exchanges day over day, week over week, month over month, and year over year. No wonder so many of our struggling at-risk students lose their curious spark and their love of life by the time they leave us in grade 12. So many of them have received consistent messages telling them that no matter how hard they try, they'll never be good enough. They'll never measure up. They'll never amount to anything. So, like many dedicated educators I know, I tried my very best to maintain positive interactions with him frequently throughout the day, no matter the kind of day he was having. Sure, I had no choice but to correct him often, but it was my mission in life to ambush him with love and respect during our time together. And I always accepted and celebrated approximations of desired behavior. As a result... Nearly eight years later, he still visits my classroom, lamenting that our time together has come to an end. Whenever I think of this student, or many like him who have followed in his footsteps, I wonder how to offset the negative feedback when we have no choice but to provide it from time to time. Boundaries have to be set and reinforced, even in a loving environment. I recently stumbled upon a study done by a relationship researcher, Dr. John Gotham, which really got me thinking. I guess I'd never really thought of my interactions in such a data-oriented way, but it made me wonder if perhaps I had adhered to a proven ratio without even knowing it. 
According to Gautam, there is a scientifically proven 5 to 1 ratio of authentic positive to negative interactions that exist within effective healthy relationships. This means that for every one negative feeling or interaction between individuals, there must be five positive feelings or interactions. In other words, unless positive interactions outnumber negative interactions by 5 to 1, odds are that the relationship will likely fail. What if it was this easy? What if we could be a little bit more aware of our positive to negative interactions, keeping Gautam's rules in our head as we do so? How might our classroom cultures be different? How might we feel knowing that most of our interactions were positive? We all know that successful educators are effective because of the relationships that they build. So, I would argue that if we want to be successful as parents, teachers, employers, and even spouses... This ratio should stay at the forefront of our minds. I want to thank you for the wonderful reviews that you've left for this podcast on iTunes. Your reviews make a big difference in helping other educators find this show. If you think that I'm doing good work here and you'd like others to get inspired and join our 21-day kindness challenge and movement, I'd love it if you would take a minute, head over to iTunes, and leave a review. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Kind Sight 101, the podcast. For links to resources mentioned in this episode, visit smallactbigimpact.com and click on our podcast. Now, I'd love to give my audience a heads up about my new book, which will provide ideas, actionable strategies, and inquiry-based approaches to creating kinder classroom through serving the community. Subscribe to my blog for more information.